bless you as you take your seats tonight. Amen. You know, we're going to plant some more churches soon. And, um, but we need to plant more home cells. We need to, we have home cell leaders training uh, in about two or three weeks' time. And uh, we need to plant more home cells because we, we, we need a lot of home cells now. We really do. All right. We need to plant more. We can't just wait for... Uh, actually, our home cells are, are, are exploding, and uh, they're just people that need to be in home cells. So if you need to be on that training and your house is open uh, uh, at least for, for a home cell, then let us know. Just, just email us and say, I'm available for that. But we're going to be planning more home cells. Amen. And then next week, next week is our uh, School of the Prophetic. So uh, uh, it's really going to be great. Friday night, Saturday, and then we'll finish off Sunday night. And every, 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 everyone's welcome Sunday night. Obviously, it's a, 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 a bit of a closed event. But if you cannot afford it and you're a member of the church and you need to be on there, don't. Uh, uh, we will make a plan. Amen. So we want you on there. And here's the thing next week. I cannot promise you what it's going to be like. I just have an expectation in my spirit. And uh, it's not about us controlling. It's about God imparting to us, releasing something that we need to grasp. But I'm excited. I, I, we got some of the, the people that are ministering here next week are incredible, really carry great discernment, great great authority, great understanding in the Spirit, and are able to prophesy the Word of the Lord very accurately over people's lives. So I'm really, really excited about that. Amen. So tonight, I really want to minister and, uh, on, on revival, revelation, and refreshing. Now, this morning was great. What an amazing morning we had. You know, I, I don't want to miss church, not because I'm the pastor, but because I just love being with God's people. And God's presence in our services is just so overwhelming. All I know is this. If you want to change, you're not going to change by being sporadic at church. Let me just be very clear. I've gone to church my whole life, not because I've been a pastor, but because I know I need church. I need to be with God's people. Amen. The first thing that God told me when I got saved, I got saved outside of the church or I made a recommitment outside of the church. The first thing God said to me was, go to church. Well, you know, God's religious, right? No, God knows we need church. So he said to me, go to church. And I haven't stopped. I never stopped. That's all I heard. God said, go to church. And then I read it in the Bible. All right. And the Bible says, don't forsake the fellowship, the gathering of the saints. Don't. Amen. Amen. The world is pounding people day and night. And we think we can get away with sporadic, just being part of the church now and then. No, it's about connection, fellowship, about being saturated in the presence of God. Amen. So tonight, revival, revelation, and refreshing. Psalm 85 verse 6 says, Will you not revive us again that your people may rejoice in you? And that has to be the prayer of our heart. Will you not revive us again that your people may rejoice in you? You know, revival is about this. Revival is not for the world. Revival is for the church. Because when God revives the church, the world will be saved. Amen. When we allow God to revive us, the world will be changed and saved. So the world doesn't need revival. The church needs revival. The world needs salvation, but we need revival. You know what revival is? That which was dead needs to come alive again. That which was once alive is now dead. Or that which was on fire 
fire. The embers are just there, and God needs to blow on it. But here's the point. We have a responsibility to respond to God because God is blowing in His church in these days. And a lot of people need to listen to God and hear God and say, God, will you not revive me? Will you not revive us that your people may rejoice in you? And that has to be the prayer of our heart. So I, I dare you this week, every day of, your, of the week, wake up in the, in the morning and say, God, will you not revive me that I may rejoice in you? Pray for yourself. Pray for the church. Say, God, will you not revive us that your people may rejoice in you? Let God revive the church because that's where revival comes, in the church. And when the church gets revived, the world will be saved. Amen. When the church is revived, the world will be saved. So let's go to Matthew chapter 16, verse 13. Matthew chapter 16, verse 13 to 19. When Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, Who do men say I, the Son of Man, am? So they said, Some said John the Baptist, some Elijah, and others Jeremiah or one of the prophets. But he said to them, but who do you say I am? And that's always a question that we have to ask, answer. Uh, you know, we can listen to what other people have to say, but who do you say the Lord Jesus is? And Simon Peter answered in verse 16 and said, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered and said to him, blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And he says, and I say to you that you are Peter, you are a little rock. And on this rock, what rock? On this revelation of who I am, I will build my church and the gates of Hades shall not prevail against the church. Listen, the church is built on the revelation of Jesus Christ. Amen. And he says here, and I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. So listen, the gates of hell shall not prevail against the church. But I want to give you three things that are needed tonight for us to have revival in our own lives. Is number one, a revelation that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God, a revelation of the Lord Jesus Christ. You know why? Because He is Lord. When, when Jesus asked Him, He said, who do you say I am? They said, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And He said, on this rock, on this revelation, I will build my church. Amen. The church is not built on Peter. The church is built on the revelation that Peter had, that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God. Amen. And so, and we need a revelation of the Lord Jesus Christ that He is Lord, that He's the anointed one, the Son of the living God. He's the great I am. He's the commander of the Lord's army. He is Lord. He is King. He's the burning bush that, that Moses saw. He's the, the living word, the lily of the valley. He's the bright morning star, the resurrection and the life, the living bread. He's the Lord of Lords, the King of Kings. He's the soon and coming King. He's God born of the Virgin who was crucified for our sins. He rose again from the dead. He's the one with fire in His mouth. Come on. He's the one who speaks and the world shakes. He's the Creator. He's the Saviour of mankind. He is love. He is peace. He is freedom. So who do you say Jesus is? Because I want to tell you that one day every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. And we need a fresh revelation of Jesus. He's not just some person that's obscure 
and insignificant in history. In fact, the whole of history revolves around Jesus. As much as men and women want to remove that, we cannot. Amen. And we need a fresh revelation of Jesus. I'm unashamed of Jesus. I serve Jesus, amen, by the name of Jesus, through the name of Jesus. We believe that Jesus has risen from the dead, hallelujah. We believe that Jesus Christ is Lord, and that's why I'm saved, because of Jesus. A revelation of Jesus, because when you get a revelation of Jesus, everything changes. You know, the world is shaking. The world surely is, because we see biblical prophecy unfolding before us out of Daniel, out of Ezekiel 38. We see it in Revelations. We see it. We see what's happening with Russia. We see the intent. We see what's happening. And God has not lost control. In actual fact, God is in control because the Bible tells me that God hardened Pharaoh's heart. You know, God has never lost control. He never has. He never will. His will will be performed. Why? Because He's Lord. He's Lord of history. He's Lord of time. He's Lord of everything. Jesus Christ is Lord. And listen, every day, one day, one day, every knee shall bow. Every woke Christian, every woke politician, one day, every knee shall bow. And every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Hallelujah. 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 You know, when you understand that Jesus Christ is Lord, you understand the power of salvation. Because apart from that, we don't understand salvation. You know, I was just listening to the little clips from my wife, Shah, Elaine, that's on, on our social media now. And just listening to their, their three-minute clips when they spoke the other night, the chain reaction. And all of that is because Jesus Christ is Lord. That He comes in and He takes the broken and He heals them. He's the only one that can heal the soul. The only one that can heal the spirit. He's the only one that can heal the anguish that is in our life. He's the only one. He's the only one that can give us purpose. If you're looking for purpose outside of Jesus, you're not going to find it. You're not going to find it in a relationship. You're not going to find it in your husband or your wife. You're not going to find it in, a, in your boyfriend or girlfriend. You're not going to find it in anything else. You're not going to find it in another car, another house. And there's nothing wrong with all of that. But I want to tell you, you're not going to find it in any of that. You're going to find it when you have a relationship with Him and acknowledge that He alone is Lord. He alone is Savior. He alone, He's the head of the church. So if we want revival, let's get back to Jesus. Because that's all I hear the Spirit saying. Let's get back to Jesus. You see, when, when you have a revelation of Jesus, that you don't hang on to the old. When I had a revelation of Jesus, I realized I needed to be baptized. I got baptized in water. People say, well, I, I was christened when I was young. No, that's not baptism. You just got a few drops of water on your head. That's all that happened. That's not baptism. Because the Bible says, believe and be baptized. Believe what? Believe that Jesus is the Lord. A baby cannot believe. And sure, I was christened as a baby. But all I was was a christened baby on my way to hell when I grew up. 
I sang in the choir as a young boy. I got paid to sing in the choir. But all I was was a christened, confirmed choir boy that was going to hell until Jesus came into my life and He became my Lord. He became my Savior. And I had a revelation of Jesus and I started to read the Word and He said, believe and be baptized and you shall be saved. Hallelujah. Oh, I want to tell you, when you get a revelation of Jesus, you don't even argue about these things anymore. You just say, Lord, yes, I will do whatever you want me to do. Amen. Come on, somebody say amen in this place. Hallelujah. Because we are the body. Wonder. Listen, we are the body. Colossians chapter 1, verse 27 and 28. It says, to them God will to make known what are the riches of the glory among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you. When you have a revelation of Jesus and you understand that He somehow by His Holy Spirit comes to live inside you. I don't know how He does it, but He does it. That's why Christians who have a revelation of Jesus carry a fire on the inside of them. That's why they may be knocked down, but they get up every time. Why? Because Jesus inside them, Christ in them is the hope of glory. When you have a revelation of this, I'll tell you what, you'll get up every single time. That's why the world can go crazy. The world can go nuts. But I tell you, the fire of God burns on the inside of you and you realise Jesus Christ is Lord, He is King, He's Deliverer and nothing's going to get you down. You may stumble every now and then, you may feel down, but I'll tell you what, So when you're feeling that, there's the fire that begins to burn and you realise that the only one that we can hold on to is the Lord Jesus Christ, the only one that we can hang on to, the only one who is worth any of our time, the only one who is rock solid, the only one who's not shaken by world events, the only one who's not shaken by what's going on is the Lord Jesus Christ because He's Lord of time. He's Lord of all. He's Lord of everything. And He says, Christ in you, Colossians, the hope of glory. Verse 28 says, Him we preach. Listen, listen. For too long churches have preached everything else but Him. This is about Him. Church is about Him. It's about Jesus, amen. And all of our teaching is to become like Him, Jesus. I don't need to teach you how to be patient. I can't because I'm still learning myself. But I do know that when I surrender to Him, the fruit of the Spirit comes out of my life. Amen. I can point you to Jesus and teach you about Jesus. Amen. But I ain't going to sit here telling you how to be, how to be, how to be kind. I'll tell you what, how to be kind. Get full of the Holy Ghost. Get full of the anointing. Surrender to God and you'll see what flows out of your life when you have a revelation of Jesus. Then you understand that Jesus is good. He's kind. He's glorious. He's amazing. That begins to flow out of your life. Jesus. says, Him we preach, warning every man. Sometimes we need to acknowledge that when we preach Jesus, we have to warn every man. Because one day we will all bow before Him. And teaching every man in all wisdom that we may present every man perfect in Christ. The goal of all of what we do is to present you perfect in Christ. And sometimes it's challenging, right? 
I mean, we never challenge anyone in this pulpit, right? But you know, the Bible says, rebuke a wise man, he will be wiser still, but rebuke a scoffer and he will hate you. So I, realize, I do realize no one hates me yet, so at least you are wise. Amen. And you are wise not to hate me. <laughs> Hallelujah. So number one, you need a revelation of Jesus. Number two, you need a revelation of the church. A revelation of the church. Because Jesus said, on this revelation that I am the Christ, I will build my church. Listen, listen, very important. And I know this may shock many Christians. He's not building your life. He's building the church. And if you are part of it and in it, with it, he, your life gets built. It's just a normal part of the process. He's building the church. God never said He'll build my life. He said He will build His church, which I am part of. I am not the church. I am part of the church. Amen. Too many people think they are the church. Amen. People say, well, Jesus and me, we are the church. No, you are not. We are the church. Amen. The Bible's very clear on that. 1 Corinthians 3, it says that we are the church together. We are the temple of the Holy Spirit. 1 Corinthians chapter 6 talks about you, singular, being the temple of the Holy Spirit. One Peter, 1 Corinthians chapter 3 is very clear that we are the temple and it talks about the glory. It talks about how we need to look after this temple. Amen. That's that's where God's focus is. Jesus said, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail. And all I do know that if I'm part of the church, I'm not the church, but as I'm part of the church, I know the gates of hell shall not prevail against my life because I'm part of the church of Jesus Christ. Amen. Somebody say amen in this place. We need a revelation of the church. The gates of hell, Ephesians chapter 2. And I know this may stir people up, but that's okay. I'd rather you get stirred up and agitated and actually understand the, and have a revelation of the church so revival can come. Because revival is not coming to one person. Revival's coming to His church. Amen. Amen. And if revival comes to the church, and as revival, as God starting to move in this church, what it will begin to do is spill out and touch other churches and other people. That's what it's meant to do. It's not just not meant to fill a building. It's meant to change a city and a nation. That's what it's meant to do. It's meant to change other Christians. That's what it's meant to do when we have a revelation. So I love the church. I love God's people. I love the church. I love pastors. I love it. We are not perfect, but I want to do. I do want to tell you that we got to love the church because if we have a revelation of the church we are on our way to revival and I meet many I've met many people through my years and I do realize one thing they do lack is the revelation of the church amen and and one thing I do know look we can talk about the four walls, and I do, I do talk about this, that, that we're not just here to fill this building because there's no building big enough when God moves. But however, at least, at least you start somewhere. Amen? Because I have a lot of people talk about against the church. But in actual fact, they want to always go preach in the church. And when they preach in the church, they talk against the church. What's, what's the point of that? So people want to use the church to build their ministry so they can talk against the church. Amen? 
<laughs> Ooh, hallelujah. If you don't love the church, His church. Amen. So he says, verse 19, Ephesians 2, I won't finish that sentence. He says, now therefore you are no longer strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens. So I'm a fellow citizen. Amen. With the saints and members of the household of God. We are members of the household of God. This is part of the revelation that has to come. We want revival. Revival's not coming to you. Revival's not a goosebump. Amen. Because when revival comes, we all change. We all, we all shift. We all change direction. We all change what we say. We all change our heart. There's something that sovereign begins to take place. That's why I sense the stirring of revival in this place. If you just look at the prayer meeting prior to this, that's like at, at, tw at 20 past five. You just see it's packed. The place is full. Just people praying. I tell you what, there's a stirring. There's a hunger for revival because people understand that, 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 that the church is God's purpose, God's plan. Amen. So when you're part of that, because you know, it's great to pray by yourself and I pray by myself, but I love praying with the church because it's just on a different level. It's like going to turbocharge. Some of you need to get back to prayer, not back to your personal devotions, but back to corporate prayer, praying with the church. Amen. And not just when you're on duty in church, but coming to seek the face of God, to Together and get back to the revelation of the church. Amen. Because when you start to pray with the saints, I'll tell you what, something begins to stir in your life and in your body. You realize, man, the church is powerful because once the church gets going, you're not going to stop it. No government in hell, no devil in hell is going to stop the church once it gets going. And for too long in this nation, the church has been silenced because we've not prayed and understood the power of the church. Amen. I'm passionate about this. Come on. And he says this, having been built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone in whom the whole building being fit together grows, say grows, into a holy temple in the Lord in whom you also are being built. So I'm being built. Amen. We've been built together, say together, not alone, and not behind your television or your cell phone, together. Now, now we, we can watch it when we cannot be, yeah, we understand that that's there to help people, but it's never a replacement. <laughs> You know, uh, let me explain this. You know, uh, I think it was last year, last year, uh, some of the churches in the UK took the government to court about church. And they took it to the Scottish court. And you know, if you understand the Scots, they're like pretty left-leaning. That's a fact. That government is very left. It's not even centered, like so left, it's just left the building. But yes, what the judge ruled, the judge ruled in favor of the churches. And one of our churches, CRC in London, etc., in Scotland was part of that. You know what the judge ruled? Yes, the judge, unsaved. He said, 
He gave the church the right to meet. Because it, it, the, the facts are proven. Actually, Lane told me his sister, a psychologist, was one of the ones who did a study to, to, for, for the government. Am I right? And, and to say that people who, through this whole situation, who worship together and pray together, are fared much better than anyone else. You know what the judge ruled? That online is not church. Amen. Oh, I, I know we clap here, but I want to tell you there are a lot of Christians around the world that would have been that, they would have said, no, that, that guy's of the devil. There are people who recognize the power of the church. They're not even in the church. And it's going to take the church to be revived in that. Amen. And whilst we, that we use as a, as a help, it's not a replacement. Amen. <laughs> Ooh, hallelujah. The revelation of the church. It's just nothing like being together. Yeah, sure, I know it takes time. Sure, I know it's effort. Sure, I know. But you know, I've watched church online and you know, I get very distracted. Number three, a revelation of how the body moves. Amen? Not my body. Okay. <laughs> a revelation of how the body moves. The body which releases power and authority. So you need a revelation of Jesus. Number two, a revelation of the church. Then a revelation of of the body, of how the body functions and how the body moves. You know, the body has been made to procreate, to grow, to develop. Now, I know in these last two years we've developed a little bit more than we should have, right? We, we sat around more. But there's, the body's made to move, Physiotherapists will tell you that motion is lotion. The best thing for your joints is move. It's a fact. Right? You know, if you don't move, you get more stiff. Hmm? It's a fact. It's like this little membrane that grows between the muscles. And the less you move, the more it compacts. I can't think of the name of what it is but the more it compacts. But you know, when you wake up every morning and you just stretch, it actually pulls it apart. But people who move less actually have that compacting all the time and they become stiffer and stiffer. And we need to understand a church that doesn't move, a, a Christian that doesn't move becomes very stiff and eventually they're unable to use their muscles because they're not functioning the way it should be. That's why we need a revelation of how the body moves. That's why praying in the Holy Ghost is so important. That's why worship is so important. That's why sharing our testimony is so important. Amen. That's why being together is so important. That's why praying 
praying together is so important because we start to exercise those muscles. Amen. The Bible tells us to exercise ourselves unto godliness. So we start to exercise. So it is true. When I don't feel like I can do anything, I start to pray in the Holy Ghost. I pray in tongues a lot. I pray in tongues. Uh, and, and some people may think, why? Well, you know, tongue sounds crazy. Yes, it is crazy, but it doesn't matter. All I do know is that it's like this Holy Ghost diesel engine that starts like slow, boom boom, boom, and it gets going, it gets going. It's like a two-stroke sometimes. It starts slow and the, and the smoke blows out and there's smoke all over. But once it starts going, it, it's like eh, nothing's going to stop. This thing has got, ex, it's got power right there because that's what happens when you begin to exercise the, this body, the church of Jesus Christ. Amen. So Colossians 2 verse 9 and 10 says, For in Him dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily, and you, the church, are complete in Him who is the head of all principality and power. So the Bible tells me that we are in Him, the body, and He is the head of all principality and power. In actual fact, the devil is under the feet of the church. You've got to get this. Listen, the devil is not under your feet. He's under our feet. Amen. You've got to get this. Listen, a lot of Christians don't get this. They think, well, the devil's under my feet. No, he's not under your feet. He's under our feet, the feet of the church. The body. This is where many people get it wrong. Because we run all fighting devils by ourselves. You don't fight a devil by yourself. You stand with your brothers and sisters. You get them to pray. We stand together. We pray. We pray. We pray. When there's an issue, we pray. We pray. We pray until we get the ascendancy. But it's very difficult to do it by yourself. Not even the great revivalist like Charles Finney who saw masses come to salvation. Not even he functioned by himself. He would have people pray like Father Nash. They would go in for weeks and they would pray. They would pray. They would pray in a town. And when he came to preach, masses would come to salvation. Why? Because of the power of how the body moves. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 20 says, which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him in, uh, at his right hand in the heavenly places, far above, say far above, all principality and power, might and dominion, and every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in the age to come. So the Bible says Jesus is above all principality and power, right? Now, now, now the average Christian nowadays is battling to get above their emotions, but the Bible tells me that Jesus is above principality and power. Because so influenced have we been, the church, in this, this century, this last 20 years, by woke politics, that we're battling to get above anything because we don't have a revelation of how the body moves, how the body functions. So he says Jesus is above all principality and power. Every devil there is. And he says in verse 22, and he put all things under his feet. What did he put under his feet? Every principality and power, might and dominion, everything under the feet, and gave him to be the head over all things, right? To the church, for the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all all in all. So Jesus is the head of all principality and power. I'm teaching you stuff about the church. 
that Jesus is above everything, but Jesus, everything was put under His feet and He gave Him to be the head over all things for the church. This is incredible. Jesus is above everything, but He gave that and He invited us when we got saved. We, we came in and we were part of His body and everything, because He is the head over everything, it's under the feet of the church. The body, the Bible says, that fills everything. Amen. It fills all in all. Everything is under the feet of the body. If we don't have a revelation of how the body moves, Revival is going to be a long way off. That's why Jesus said, "Where two or three pray and agree concerning anything, it shall be done. That's why Jesus talks to His church. The church is the ecclesia, the legislative assembly, the called out ones, those who are together. That's why when we pray, we can pray and heaven can come down. We can pray for this nation. We can pray for the city. We can pray for the state. And in actual fact, tonight, we're going to pray right now. I want you to agree right now that sickness will be far from every single one in this church. Amen. Every single family, that sickness will be far in Jesus' name. And even those who have been sick in the last while, we, we stand together and let's agree in Jesus' name there. That sickness bows its knee to Jesus. Amen. To Jesus. We command you to bow your knee to Jesus. Amen. We are above that together. Amen. You see, we need a revelation of the body. Now, I know this is very direct because I, I you know, the Bible is very direct. <laughs> Amen. Amen. It's like I heard a guy saying, now we mustn't talk about repentance. Well, then you're going to have to find another word in the Bible. You must talk about how you've been mistreated and how you've not found your best and found your fulfillment. No. The Bible says repent and be saved. Change your mind and be saved. There's no other way. Amen. <laughs> we've, we've made, we've, we've, we've like, we are not going to raise a generation of snowflakes in this church. Amen. And I said to a group of pastors the other day, I said, we have raised eunuchs, eunuchs, eunuchs in the church. A eunuch is one who's unable to reproduce. We don't need managers. We, need, we, need, we don't need eunuchs who are unable to reproduce. We need people that can re reproduce. They can go out there, be strong in God and reproduce and bring revival in their workplace, in their uni, in their school, everywhere. We need people that carry the fire of God because you know, I want to tell you this, that I, I understand the power of the body because I know even though I may go and do things by myself or one or two of us, I know I go with the authority of the body. It's not my authority. That's why I I know when people pray for me, I feel the prayer. We see the prayer. We see it. Why? That's the power of the body. Amen. And when I function, it's not all about me. Well, look at me. No, look at us because that's where the power is. That's where the authority is. Amen. I may just be on the sharp end of this. I may just be a spokesman, but it's not me. It's us together. That's the power of the body. And I am smart enough to understand and have that revelation, which a lot of people need. And I want to tell you, when we get that revelation revival
revival is coming in abundance and we are not going to stop the revival. Amen. And as I finish off, the band can come up. So he says in Acts 3 verse 19, times and refreshing, times of refreshing and revival starts with your response to God. Acts chapter 3 verse 19. Peter's standing up preaching. He says, repent. Well, there's no other word. Repent. Change your mind. I believe God's calling us to change our mind. To say, Lord, I want to know who you are. I want to know the power of the church. And I want to understand how the body moves. Will you reveal it to me? Will you show me your power? through the church. Will you show me that? You know, we've seen incredible miracles. On Thursday night, you know, our, our, our prayer, the room on Thursday nights when they pray is like packed. You, you can't even fit any more people in. It's just packed. It's incredible. It's packed. People praying, interceding. People are healed there. That's the power of the body. I'll tell you, if you get this, nothing's going to stop us. I'm very loath, and I know I can function in certain gifts, but sometimes I'm very loath and very hesitant to function like that. Because the worst thing is when we begin to see people function like that, and we think, oh, I want to be like that. No, you don't want to be like that. You want to operate as the body of Christ, that nothing will stop you. That when we pray as home cells, that something breaks open. When prayer gets ta- is taking place on a Thursday night, something breaks out. You're not going to stop that. I'll tell you what, when the body starts to revive, nothing is going to stop that. You can stop one man, but you're not going to stop the body. You're not going to stop the church. Amen. So that's why Peter says, repent, repent, therefore, and be converted, that your sins may be blotted out, so that times of refresh may come from the presence of the Lord. That He may send Jesus Christ, who was preached to you before, whom heaven must receive until the times of restoration of all things, which God has spoken by the mouth of His holy prophets since the world began. You know what what He's saying? He said, look, it's time for us to change our minds. Be converted. So that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. He says, because one day Jesus is coming back. And we know that day is closer. We don't know how long. But we should always live as if Jesus is coming in my lifetime. Because He is. Jesus is coming in your lifetime. Either you will die and go to heaven, or either you will die and meet Him, or He will come back. But He's coming in your lifetime. And you don't know when you're going to breathe your last breath. That's why we need to say, Lord, You are coming in my lifetime. And I'm ready for you. I'm ready. I want times of refreshing. I'm willing, Lord God, to change my mind. I'm willing, Lord God, to be that person you want us to be. Lord, I'm willing. I ask you for a revelation. And that's something we're going to pray for tonight. That's something as we stand. Let's stand to our feet. I want us really to begin to pray. You know, uh, we'll start off saying, Lord, just give me a revelation of the church, a revelation of what the church is about. And number two, a revelation of the body of Christ. And lastly, we're going to pray for a revelation of Jesus. Because all this centers around one person, Jesus. So you will get it tonight. I'm passionate about the church. 
So one thing I do have is a revelation of the church. One thing I do carry is a revelation of the body. It's one thing I do. God spoke to me many, many years ago. He said this to me. I remember going to plant the one church in Kimberley, South Africa, which is a really great church now. But I remember as I was riding to the place and um, I remember God spoke to me. He said, said, mobilize my army. I will make of you a great nation. That's what God said. God wants me, God wants us to be an army that's mobilized because He will make of us a great nation. He didn't say to me, I'll make you a great preacher. I don't care about that. Amen. I care about the very fact that God wants to mobilize His church, that God wants His church to be great, that God wants His body to reflect who Jesus is, that God wants us as the church to reflect who Jesus is because Jesus said, the world will know that you are my disciples by your love for one another. He did not say that the world will know that you are my disciples by how great you are, how great your buildings are. Nothing wrong with the buildings because I believe in that. Uh, uh, He didn't say that the the world will know how great you are by your your skinny jeans and uh, 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 by, by your fashion. He did not say that. He said, the world, the world will know that you are my disciples by your love for one another. Why? Because it's a revelation of who Jesus is, a revelation of the church, and a revelation of the body. Then we're able to love one another. Then the world will begin to see why, because that's when revival comes. There's one thing that steals revival. It's when we don't understand that we have a love for one another, that we are not perfect, that we are not, we're not, we don't have it all together, but together we stand with each other in per- imperfect. We, we stand with each other. People who've, who've got warts, people who've blown it, people who've messed up, people who've fallen through the cracks, people who've uh, uh, just said, God, I've had enough. But we stand together and we stand together and we allow the love of God to flow through our lives. So the revival is beginning to stir. So right now, just I want you to pray. Just begin to pray. Say, Lord, will you give me a fresh revelation of the church? Will you give me a fresh revelation of your body? Oh, come on, begin to pray that. Begin to pray that. Begin to pray that. Oh, Rebbe Shekalarada Bombo, because this is where revival comes. Come on, we're going to stir revival. I know I've stirred you tonight. I know I've stirred you. And if I've offended you, it's okay. You will survive. You will come out of this revived. Amen. You'll come out of this revived. Hallelujah. You'll come out of this full of the fire of the Holy Ghost. You'll come out of this that when you understand the power of the church, that we, when you lay hands on the sick, they shall recover because you understand the power of the body of Christ. Hallelujah. Oh, Rebbe Shekatandaladaba. This nation is yet to see the power of the church. Come on. This nation has seen the power of of great Christian music. This nation has seen that. But this nation is still to see the power of the church, the power of the body. A revelation of the body is going to come out of this nation. I'm telling you now. Oh, come on, a nation that's been so isolated. Even the city, a revelation of the church, of the body of Christ is going to emanate from this city. I'm telling you now. Oh, hallelujah. The signs and wonders, miracles, healings will be normal. It will take place everywhere we go because we are the church. We are the body because we recognize one as King. His name is Jesus. Oh, hallelujah.